Welcome to another episode of the Dentology Podcast, where we discuss the business of dentistry. In this podcast series, we'll be discussing all the non-clinical aspects of dentistry, from goodwill values, finance, marketing, how to buy and sell a dental practice mindset, through to where you can invest your money in team management issues. My name is Andy Acton, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Trevens. Let's jump straight into it. Some stories of people's life stories are, are just remarkable, aren't they? I think it's just a, a yet another one. You know, we, we always say, don't we, that the, when we say to our guests, we're not really going to talk about business. We're not really going to talk about your business. It, we're going to talk about you. And a lot is another example of, yet again, stuff that you wouldn't know unless you talk to it. Mm, mm. But really has built in her a resilience. Mm. There's a real strength and a resilience as well. Um, but wrapped around a real deep interest in people. Yeah, I, I got out the fact that she's not a passenger. You know, no. she wants to be driving. Yeah, you know, in the fact of she she identifies some of her issues and then looks how to cure those, mm. rectify them, whatever mm. that you want. But to also, say. I loved her her idea around sustainability and and talking about the little oh, tips I think that that's she has that. I was thinking, to help people. We should just, do that in the office. I was going to say just some of those small things, and you know, if you can get you know a few people, it turns into a few hundred, a thousand, a million people all doing a few small mm. things. It adds up. Mm. Pebbles yeah. in a pond, and it Yeah, no, a very enjoyable conversation. Yeah, it's really good. So today uh, we are joined by Lottie Manahan, um, which we are so excited to have a chat to Lottie. Oh, uh, we are, we are indeed. Her life and her career. That would be so fascinating. Far, which would be great. Um, so far, great. she's only very young. It's quite interesting, isn't it? You know, it's like <laughs> she's like some eighty-year-old woman. Or <laughs> no, no, not at all, not at all. So Lottie's a dental hygienist and therapist. Um, goes by the name Teeth by Lottie. If anybody follows Lottie online, um, a key opinion leader for Oral B, Swiss Dental Academy trainer for EMS. And also a sustainability um, ambassador in dentistry. We should be good to have a chat about that because that's becoming more and more uh, important. And uh, even with the bank, when we were talking to Lloyd's Bank, they're exactly. promoting sustainability. Exactly, right? yes. Yeah, and as, as uh, Mr. Attenborough says, we still have time. So we, we, do. Should, we should talk about that. We Welcome, do. Lottie. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? We very did. good, thank you very no, much. Not. Very good indeed. Yeah. Um, I've drunk my tea, so I might have to go and get another one. No, it's <laughs> yeah, just feeling very relaxed, very mellow. Oh, good. That's good. To, 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 to kick off, Lottie, before we get to kind of you and and you know your upbringing, on the times that I've met you, or whenever we've spoken, you strike me as a as an exceptionally happy person. Your your disposition is you're you're bright and and happy. What what makes you happy? What what is it that, that you get up in the morning and you smile and, and you're happy? Where do, where does that come from? Not yeah. like that. No no no. Some not people have a face is like, like a as a, a bulldog tuna wasp. Yes. I think it's a politer way, isn't it? Oh yeah. Well, I need my coffee first in the morning. Uh, don't ever. Do you know a patient last week? I was late because of trains, and he he was like, "Oh, I'm not going to come because she'll have to have a coffee before she treats me. So let's just cancel it." And, and oh, really? I was like, yeah, no, I need a coffee in the morning. But no, I, you know, I've, um, I think happy, being happy is really important. And I've always been um, like that. Um, life's not been that easy, actually. But um, I always try and find um, the, the best in everything. Um, I think it's really important. And maybe that's why I get on well with my patients. Um, mm -hmm. I am, but you know, when you come up and you're like this bubbly person, there's always a down as well. So um, yeah. I like a lot of time on my own um, to recharge. Okay, but yeah, right, no, yeah, I do like to present myself as a happy person. It's important. Mm. I think it rubs off on people as well. I think when you're around 
people that have good energy and, and people who are happy, kind of regardless of the day you're having, you do get dragged along with that as a it's mood. It's infectious, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It's so a bit like, yeah. you know, when you're somewhere and people are laughing. You know, sometimes you can be laughing at things. You've absolutely no idea what anyone's laughing at. No. But, but, but it's quite entertaining. But, yeah. but you're just enjoying the laugh. Yeah. 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 Uh, but we'll, we'll get to the dentistry bit in a minute. And I, and I know that you kind of were inspired when you were just sort of 15 to kind of, you know, yeah. explore the hygienist route. But going back, going back before that, yeah. what was your what was your childhood like? Um, yeah. You know, what was a, you as a you as a kid? Yeah, I grew up in um, rural Shropshire. So on a farm in the middle of nowhere. Um, really lovely upbringing. Um, my parents, my mum was an accountant. My dad was a complete entrepreneur. He was a joiner, builder, everything, carpenter, everything. Um, just like really grounded guy, um, went bankrupt at 18. So he said he couldn't marry my mum because they needed different names so he could put things on credit. And oh. um, like <laughs> a really like, yeah, um, I, I never- a proper entrepreneur. Yeah, a flip, proper that entrepreneur. is entrepreneurial, isn't it? Man, <laughs> yeah, they never got married. But um, yeah, just like really, yeah, grounded upbringing. I remember, you know, I wasn't spoilt as a child with like gifts and things, but definitely with their time. Um, right. And my mum- Which is the greatest gift they can give. Yeah, really, exactly. My mum was quite funny with me. Like she'd always dangle the carrot and I was always a people pleaser because of that. Um, I had a better relationship with my dad, but my mum was so young. She had my brother like 10 months after me. You know, I think I was the helper um, right. and she was 19 when she had me. So I think that's why I'm quite a doer uh, right. and, and a, a pure people pleaser completely. Mm. <laughs> what's, what's interesting is you're, you're really aware of the elements of your parents that, that you've, you've taken. I've, you know, I've had that. a bit of therapy. <laughs> do you know what it's one of those things isn't it but um i've yeah i've had some therapy so it's made me more aware um Mm. i wish i was before actually i had therapy i I wish i'd had therapy earlier on in life um it's an interesting one if he was a true entrepreneur i mean was your life a bit sort of like yeah it's great or it's also great as in as in sort of finance sometimes entrepreneurs can be you know i'm gonna bet it all on black and it came up red oh damn so we sort of start again and things like that yeah and that was my upbringing i remember you know my dad would either have like loads of cash or no cash and um, mm. my mum would just be, oh, can we go shopping today? Or she'd send me in the pub on a Friday to get my dad out of the pub. Um, oh, right. You know, it was one of those things. If you're, oh, he sounds the right character. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was definitely a character. Yeah. <laughs> How's that? Has, has that influenced your relationship with money? Going through yeah, periods I was where ask about that, yeah. you've had, you know, obviously there was money and then there wasn't money. Has it made you quite cautious around money? Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't, ca- I don't check numbers. I don't sort of think about money. I'm very lucky in my job that money does just happen. You know, like when I get a new job in or something, I don't just look at the figures. I think of the challenge. But luckily, right. what comes my way does pay well, um, and that does help my mum was an accountant and she was awful with money like absolutely awful like left the eye the eye really yeah. sounds like builders and houses doesn't yeah. it or something yeah. like yeah, yeah everybody else's house is great but my own house is rubbish exactly and that's why she never ever did my books but I um <laughs> but yeah no for me to be comfortable is quite important yeah yeah our, our, our accountant he's quite a wise old owl 
and he has this phrase that money follows the event. Mm. Okay. In that he says you don't you don't focus or think about the money. What you do is you do the thing you do really well, mm. and if you do it well, then the money will flow. Yeah, and that's kind that. of what you were saying yeah, around about money, which is you look at a job and you say I can get a really good result by doing this and the patient's going to be delighted and as a result of that it's you earn money rewarding, but it yeah. wasn't a case of right okay so where can i be making the money here which is a very different attitude yeah really, yeah, and actually, how you think about things. yeah and i have you know i'm always when i've asked for a pay rise at work i'm going into my 10th year in the practice i've never said can i get paid more i'm just like how can i get paid more so how can mm. I bring my, you know, the, the patient's money more or mm. how can I do more to bring more money in? Mm. How can I add more value? Yeah, just yeah. rather than being like, I want more, I want more, because it's it's not a, quite a good thing. You have to do it, but I think mm. you need to look out of the box a little bit. Mm. Yeah. On the people-pleasing thing, you've mentioned it a couple of times. If you sort of, now you're aware of it, do you sort of rein it in? <laughs> or is it something that you... Do you know how many books I have on my bookshelf about how not right. to be a people pleaser? <laughs> well, I was going to say, because it may, I, I just think you've mentioned it a couple of times and it must be one of those ones that you sort of, now, you, now you've recognised it in yourself. Mm. Yeah. Have you then thought, right, well, okay, there's, I'm going to let people pleaser out of the box sometimes and in other moments I'm not going to. And I say you must then have to learn uh, and you can never you account. can never change you know yeah because it's part of you yeah isn't it? and and actually you know that is me and that's probably why I'm really good at my job um, mm, yeah. so actually I do use it but I do produce boundaries because of it um, and that's why I've got books over there about how not to be right. a people pleaser <laughs> so and you've obviously learned that over time yeah I mean still learn I'm always learning you know I'm always right. And what's your brother? Is your brother, did you say you got a brother? Yeah, so I've got a brother. Similar personality or different personality? Um, I think we've got sim- similar traits. Um, he's a he's a bit more like my dad, like we'll just do something absolutely crazy and I'm like, what have you done? Um, <laughs> um, he's not as straight-laced as I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, he's he's quite sort of pri- private like me in a way um he is on our fam- family so he's inherited our family farm and he's about to have a family and he loves Shropshire so he hates London right. uh, he's like why are you in London uh, right, okay. so yeah it's it's kind of uh yeah 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 so that works and suits him doesn't it yeah, yeah. so from a from a professional point of view, how did you? What was your pathway through? Because obviously you're a leading health oral expert now, and lots of people will will see you and think, well, you know, Lottie's amazing because Lottie does all these things, and I see her everywhere, and she's got this amazing, you know, profile and and, and patient base and the practice you work in. But how did it? How did it start? Kind of where did you you qualify? And what was that mm. pathway through to where you are you are now? So when I turned eighteen, I went to Portsmouth Uni, and this was at eighteen. Um, I just lost, unfortunately, lost my father at 17. And I always wanted to be a hygienist. So I went straight for it, even though I wasn't ready. And I failed completely at Portsmouth Uni, like failed everything. And I realized that it wasn't the time um, to go to university. Um, So I, I dropped out and I came back to Shropshire. And I did some dental nursing because I still wanted to do it, but it just wasn't the Mm. right time. And Mm. I did some dental nursing for a couple of years and then reapplied and got into uh, London. 
I hated London. I could never see myself in London. Got got into Barts in the London and was really shocked. I remember having an interview and I was shaking and they were like, look, there's 600 people that have applied for this eight person course. Why would we give it you? And I'm like, "Mm -hmm." Like, it was the worst (laughs) interview ever. Is that the question they asked yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, how did you answer? What did you, what did you say? I don't what actually remember, but I know that I did that. Uh, like it was, it was awful. I don't know how I got. You broke down in tears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was very stressful, and then wow, and then I got in. Um, and I, actually, I had a lot of sort of you know negative feelings because I'd failed the first time. You know, yeah, mm. fail again. Mm. Um, but it was actually... Were you older than the other people, Lottie? Um, would, would you think you were a bit more mature or something? You know, because it's interesting. I mean, eight out of 600, and if you think you sort of bombed the interview, it's a it's a real interesting one is as to why... Oh, top 1%. What, what, yeah, you know, what actually... Yeah. Well, I wonder what turned it. Be fascinated to have a conversation with them and go, look, why did you choose me? I know. I think, I think they just want someone approachable, to be honest. I think mm. they yeah. wanted someone that they could just talk to. And I, I can talk to anyone. Um, but yeah, I was just really, really shocked to get in. Really, really shocked. And yeah, I went to university. I absolutely aced it. <laughs> um, because I just wanted it so much, like really wanted mm. it. Um, and yeah, and then I stayed in London. Mm. And did you then like London? Then I liked London, yeah. <laughs> uh, I got rid of a boyfriend in Shropshire. And as soon as that happened, like it was like these bright lights. Um, right. <laughs> and yeah, I... Um, Where did you live when you were, when you were training? Um, I lived in um, near Whitechapel. Interesting. Right. Oh, okay, right. And then I moved to Islington. So um, oh, yeah, right. it all kind of slotted in. But then I was in Islington for quite a few years. Mm. Right, yeah. And in, in many ways, because of the loss of your father, having that period where you came back and, and tried again yeah. probably worked in your favour because, as you said, you, you probably, you know, that's a massive, I mean, it's, it's horrible at any time, but as a yeah. teenager, mm. that's just horrendous. Yeah. He must have been quite young. Was he, if you, I was thinking your mum had you at 19, so he must have been reasonably young. Yeah, so I was 17. My My dad was 39 when he died. Um, yeah so quite very very young and it was it was quite a traumatic thing like he we had to do Mm. cpr on on my dad and um it was it was quite a traumatic thing so every year we do cpr training it it's like a trauma brings it back yeah yeah. and it's funny when people go oh i could do this if i had a medical emergency and it's like "Mm -hmm, Mm. yeah Uh, (laughs) um it's very different in the real world isn't it yeah but do you know what I think my my dad's passing really pushed me out of, you know, the world. Like, I just thought, right, I want to do this. I want to do so much more with my life. Um, mm. And it gave me so much more determination. And, yeah, it, it's crazy, really, because I think I, if my dad was still alive, I probably would have married, like, a farmer in Shropshire, and I'd have four children now, so. <laughs> right. Yeah. And a couple of horses. Yeah, throw them in for the mix. <laughs> and what it's I amazing, love. is that adversity, out of adversity, even that, you know, it's terrible adversity, yeah. but out of that comes strength. Yeah. It, it's a very common, in a lot of the interviews we've done, isn't there's There's something that is sort of almost like a, like a crystallising, galvanising moment that yeah. sort of says, bosh. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's something that just sparks the change. And like you say, it's a it's a horrendous situation, but that it really did kind of start to propel you forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lots of people may may not be aware, um, but obviously as a as a hygienist and a therapist, you know, you're you're self employed, so you're you're responsible for your own business. And whilst you said. You know, if you work in a practice, you want to make sure you add value. And if you want to earn more money, that's a conversation. But ultimately, you are you are a self-employed person. Yeah. Um, clinically, we've talked, you know, you qualified, you, you've got your qualifications there. But as a self-employed person, what have you done in terms of learning more about the business side of, of, of what you do? Have you done any training? Is it just something that is quite intuitive that you've kind of you know, mm-hmm. learned through your, your father and yeah. your parents? How, how have you kind of developed on that side? I think I'm just, I'm very practical. Um, I haven't done that many courses clinically. I've just always picked up and just gone. Um, I've done a lot of training with sort of, sort of the instruments that I work with that I now actually train people to use. But I think I always put it down to... I'm really interested in people and I'm always so like a perfectionist. And when it comes to the patient journey, (laughs) I have literally nailed the patient journey. So everything is so structured um, and I just want to give them, you know, the best experience. And I Mm. think I knew straight away when I got a job along Harley Street so quickly after qualifying, like that was my first job that I had to like up my game because you know, mm. these pay- people are paying a lot of money and for little mm. old me who's just walked out of dental school, I need to do something that's going to wow them. Um, probably mm. coming back to the people pleasing thing, but I think it's more about just reading a lot of books, reading away like psychology of people, like working out how to manage people and, and keep them sort of at ease, to be honest. There must have been moments when you were in those early, I, I just sort of imagine those early days, months, maybe even years when you think to yourself, bloody hell, <laughs> uh, <laughs> am I an imposter? You know, that was that yeah. imposter syndrome thing. Yeah. Thinking, yeah. I've got these guys who were paying me, you know, this amount of money and I'm like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it's fascinating really because how you keep that in check as well. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, some of the clients that I get in, in my chair are, are pretty like, well known some of them and some of them I would google and I don't do that anymore because there's like this guy that was like been in jail for three years the Russian mafia or something but I was just like I do not want to know I'm going to be very very careful <laughs> um, and yeah and I think that's what people like as well like I treat everyone the same and I treat everyone mm. whoever they are they get the same level of care and I think people like that Mm. Yeah, I think sometimes celebrities. If you ignore celebrity, they really like ignored exactly. celebrity they love it. because yeah. they're sort of. I, I remember someone was saying that that, that that a lot of the guys like coming to the UK because UK people don't necessarily might not be so much now. Never used to disturb them a huge amount. They just go, "Oh, that sounds so." People go, "Yeah, yeah, you're right," and that was it. They they'd leave Carry them on. alone. Whereas in the states, they'd be like round you like a flock of bees or something yeah but i like that attitude of of treating everybody the same as well yeah yes. and do you know what there was, i had this very sort of high-powered guy like and he was there with his ipad while i was trying to treat him and i was just like i'm sorry you can't do that and if you knew who this guy was obviously i can't tell you but it was like my nurse was just laughing after she's like only and did he, he would be able to did he take it yeah of course he did 
it was it's interrupting me i couldn't see the light you know it was just yeah <laughs> but fair play to you for yeah. having the confidence to say you know, yeah i'm trying to deliver the best job possible and you're interfering with that yeah so yeah, it's not safe you, it's I bet really some not people safe either have. i mean people do it all the time um and you just have to sort of say but to that point of an ipad it's different than a phone um and i said look it's not safe it's distracting me and he's just well, so are yeah. you saying that people would not perhaps routinely but it's not uncommon for people wanting to be on their phone while you're, while you're, while you're treating them what are they doing? They're just looking at emails oh, or something because they one, can't be talking, can they? There's this one girl that I have. I hope she doesn't listen to this, but she's a shopping addict. And even when I take intraoral camera pictures of her teeth in the background, you can see Netta Porter on the background. <laughs> like, and my, we all say she's like, she's obsessed. She just scrolls the whole time of the appointment. I referred her to one of my colleagues and he was like, who's this girl? Like, she wouldn't get off her phone. I could see what she was buying for like uh, underwear her like oh a summer shop like it was crazy but people do it all the time mm. wow i'll tell you what though and and uh, you don't have to say anything but do you get some like really good gossip while you got these th- these famous peoples in like they're they're just chatting I, obviously i'm not going to ask you to reveal any your secrets Recently, or but it must be fascinating yeah though. it must be fascinating yeah, i find out so much information I don't know why but there was a young guy that's actually with a quite an older film star and he was telling me the other day and I already knew because I'd seen it on Google on, on like Daily Mail and I just pretended to not know anything so I got all the information out my nurse was just like in the background like crying just lucky you're saying stuff that you already knew and he was like oh yeah I've got it quite good at the minute I'm you know I'm staying at Claridge's and I was like What's it, Claridge's then? And I just got all. So <laughs> um, now it's just, yeah, it's quite funny. And I still like have this little stalk of them and see, you know, but I just dread, yeah, heart, breaking hearts. You could almost write a book, couldn't you? You know, you know like, like those things that shouldn't happen to a vet or whatever. You should almost like, <laughs> in a way, if you kept all those stories, you yeah. could like, when, when you're in your dotage, suddenly well, bring the, out a book. It shouldn't happen to a therapist. Well, I think there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's the secret barrister and the secret dentist it'd be brilliant yeah. what a great story that would be the names have been changed to yeah protect you'd the have innocence. to change yeah. it so it wouldn't be so fun you know oh that's brilliant that's brilliant yeah but no, we are no, gagged that work out who it is yeah that's the problem yeah. with that job you know you can't say anything but you have in your, in your <laughs> office you know you have that so it's fine yeah <laughs> you, that's you, true i suppose I, I, sorry i just i'd never thought about that you hear this stuff that you can't tell anybody else it would do you nuts. I mean, you, you, only one you can talk to is your nurse. Yeah, and I am, I've, I've never ever thought about that. Yeah, and I am. If you learnt this stuff, yeah, you can't tell anyone else for fear of it coming out because yeah. then they know where it came from. Oh, man. but but also whilst oh, it's not oh, a celebrity oh. thing in our world, you know, we see you know numbers on, <laughs> on people who own businesses. Mm. And we would, we, you know, the stuff that we talk about, we don't talk about 95% of the things we do because most of it's confidential. Yeah, yeah isn't it? it's in true. The, you know, and not it's not only, as exciting as that. Though. Oh, no. It's not, <laughs> but I mean, but, but, but whilst it's their numbers, it also relates, there's often a backstory as to yeah. why those numbers are the numbers, you know, whether there's a, a divorce looming or whether there's a dispute of some sort. So I, I guess... In, in we always our, laugh, don't we? I, I, we'll have to be careful what we say, I suppose. But um, over the years, that's probably a good one, over the years, we've seen very prominent dentists yeah. who portray this persona. 
but we've seen their accounts. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we know yeah. that it might not necessarily <laughs> be quite as much as words, words and figures. Yeah, it's quite fascinating. Guys, you're going to need some business. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. Not at all. Not at all. We're very discreet. Remember, we are very discreet. Nobody will know who they're they are. discreet. <laughs> Lottie, you were saying... Confidential. You were saying about the iPad and the, and the phone. And as years gone on, we've all become... Yeah, they're like extensions of our arms these days, aren't we? And I know that you've done an amazing job with your thousands of Instagram followers in the profile you've built there, which has no doubt helped build your business because people will find you, they'll see the great work you're doing and and they'll come and find you. And because you're in London, it's an easy place to get to. But Mm. one of the other things that's quite clear from your your posts is you're also very planet positive with yeah. the stuff that you post about and sustainability and, and dentistry. And where, where, where do you see, where is dentistry in terms of kind of the green agenda? How much does the dial need to change? Is it is it, are we way behind where we need to be or are some good things happening? Yeah, I mean, we're, we are way behind, absolutely. Um, there's a lot more um, changes that need to be made like on top of us. So sort of the policies that are put in um, you know, I know that we have a lot of things that we need to be careful because we need to protect our patients and the health and their life, mm. their, you know, their, their being. But it's, you know, some of these like big companies, I was going to say one of their names, but, you know, they, <laughs> <laughs> they deliver all this and these materials for us. And there's like a tiny little uh, material in a big box or, you know, there's, there's just not really any, any thought from, from these big companies providing so um, I think in that sense, you know, they need to, to help out. And also the, you know, the dental officer needs to have a look into it as well. Um, there's a lot of people doing stuff massively, like the FDI have put in a lot of different um, checklists that are coming out. They've been working with a guy called Steve Mulligan, and he is sort of um, leading a lot of that, which is fantastic. Like I love everything that he puts out. And they're doing some checklists for practices. Um, I really believe that a greener dentistry is all in prevention and actually the less dentistry actually done, the better. So I think preventing needing anything done is the most greener dentistry in in healthcare. Um, So I kind of really do push for that. There's nothing Mm. worse than people coming in with a bamboo brush that doesn't clean their teeth thinking that they're doing something for the planet. They're doing something, yeah. yeah. And, you know, some yeah. of these things have got three different materials in, but they say that they're greener and they're not. There's a lot of greenwashing. Um, mm. I think that happened with, orga- with, with organic food in the early days, mm. didn't it? Yeah. Lots of people stuck the organic label on, yeah. on food. And when you actually dug into it, one of the ingredients might have been organic and the rest of it wasn't. And it was just, it was effectively marketing. It's yeah. like you say, it's yeah. a version of green. Ribena. Remember Ribena tooth kind that yeah. really wasn't yeah. tooth kind. But also, yeah. you know, the TerraCycle, all the TerraCycle stuff, I don't know if you heard, but a lot of it was found in the ground in Bulgaria, you know? Oh. So they're saying that they're recycling these toothbrushes and, but they're not. and things, but actually why was that found? And I think, yeah, yeah. It, there might've been some mistake that happened, but, it can't happen. It can't. Mm. It ruins your whole branding, your whole name for what you're supposed to be standing for by letting something like that happen. Um, mm. So I know that's under investigation, and it might I might be completely wrong. But the fact that that investigation is is even happening just shows there's just not really much going on, and it's not really in a system yet. Mm-hmm. Mm. But also, I think it, it, it devalues 
the businesses involved in it as well because i think it's, it's never been easier to to get to the core of the culture of, of a business and that business being transparent so i think if organizations are saying we are doing our bit for sustainability and working towards a greener environment yeah. when something like that comes out it just blows away anything that they've said before or or they're going to say, you disregard. I I was just thinking, I suppose, though, when you look at it, when, I think we can say this, uh, when you think VW Audi got caught for changing their tests to make their CO2s Mm. look greener, Mm. when you got these big, huge, multinational companies, the answer is how much is genuine change or how much is, as you just were saying, greenwashing. It's, mm. it's got to change, isn't mm. it? It's fascinating. That, that, those, those checklists you said, Lottie, was it, what was it, was it Steve Mulligan? Yeah, say? Steve Mulligan has, um, went over and did some work with FDI and they're about to be released. Um, I don't know, I think they're literally like on the cusp of being published. Um, oh, okay. so that's if, you, if you if you i was going to say if you've got a link for them if it's in time we'll add them to the show notes yeah if, if it's the sort of thing that would be available because that would be great to be yeah. able to share with Absolutely. people things that they could do to make their practice greener yeah definitely because small little things like every week i come up with a tip so i i nominate myself as, as the eco member at work and i just basically everyone at lunchtime today turn your lights off you know, it's a whole hour of time. If you've got like six, seven, eight surgeries in your practice and you can get eight hours of, of light off in that practice, yeah. then why not? And it's, it's just true. these little, yeah. little things of like reminding... Especially with the price of utilities. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's even economical now, isn't it? I mean, that's the, that's the and sort that's of... And that's what people need to see. It's not yeah. just it makes you wonder whether... Well, because people are, are intrinsically sort of, you know, there's a selfish and a lazy side to yeah. all of us. Whereas if... It's financial. It's, well, I was going to say, if it's just for green sake, people might not do it. But actually, if people start turning their lights off, which is good for the environment, mm-hmm. because of the cost of electricity, it mm. makes you wonder whether there's going to be some side benefits coming out of it. You know, I remember seeing those photographs of... Um, I think it might have been the Venice waterways during uh, lockdown yeah, yeah. when there were no none of the cruise ships going to St. Mark's Square. Yeah. You know, you could see how clean the water was. And so there's always these kind of, yeah. you know, unusual benefits that come out of different mm. situations. I mean, it surprises me yet again, the fact of that people just leave their surgery lights on while that you just think when you were at home you'd walk out and turn a light out so uh, that's your teenager oh that's true um but it's just that's another one i'm thinking cool you imagine how many surgeries there are and if that's the the norm is to just leave the light on because actually why bother turning it off it's just like mad isn't it? yeah but also with yeah with patients as well as one of the things that i always put on a reminder is their their toothbrush chargers they keep them plugged in the whole time and they do when you don't need to yeah like that is something that <laughs> is just wasting away electricity and also leaving the tap on while they brush their teeth i mean yeah oh my kids that. used to tell me that off they when they were at school they they uh, when i because i would have been a tap on man and then the kids would come in and say water waster water waster so now i've learned that you turn the tap off and turn your teeth yeah. But that was it my is, kids. That was my kids who influenced me when they were little. Two minutes of water just yeah, yeah, going right, down yeah. the plug hole for no reason. Yeah, for no reason. But like Absolutely you say, no and, and it's it's how how you get that message out so that we start to move the dial. Yeah. So that enough people start to see those small changes. That's a small increment. Small increments, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's it's not all about making these huge changes. Making small ones. And actually, mm. when you when you start, it just kind of keeps creeping up and up, and you actually start mm. to enjoy it. 
Mm. I am a geek with it, so. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I think the smaller changes are so much easier to incorporate into your life. You know, when people start saying, we need to do this really big thing, yeah. that's quite an ask mm. for lots of people. Whereas things like, turn you know, the turn, turn the lights off. Was that you one know, a week, you said, or one a day? Was it one a week? I what? You, you, as, a, as your green person oh, I do, in yeah this. one a week really yeah I mean flip I mean that's quite a lot yeah I mean I'm just thinking yeah. how do you think about it? it's 52 a year mm-hmm. green ideas I also have to copy calm because sometimes people will try and recycle like paper towels or things that really aren't re- like recycled and I like watch them do it and I just think I don't want to be like the recycle police um, and cause some arguments but what I do is I'll put like a sign, I do like little signs next to the bins and just make sure that it's so easy. Um, but yeah, I do this <clears throat> and then they'll, they'll see me nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> very polite. <clears throat> well, can I just say that's not very people pleasing. <laughs> no, yeah, the not. books are working. Yeah, yeah that's working. Funny, one of your books. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do have to rein it in sometimes, but that's just passion. I can't help the passion. That's uh, brilliant. It's brilliant. Exactly. One of the things as people that we're good at is we, we're good at sort of celebrating success and, and sharing success. What 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 mistakes would you say you've made through your through your career that, that didn't quite work out and has made you a better person today as a result of that? Oh, there's so many things. Um, <laughs> okay, top twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I am really not perfect. And I do have complete imposter syndrome constantly. And it really stops. What, even now? Even now, worse now than ever. You know, it takes me probably double the time to do a webinar than it does anyone else because everything has to be perfect. Or, you know, I'm just so like that when actually I could throw out double the amount of work that I do now and not say no to jobs. From, mm. from just not being like that. And it can get in your head sometimes. You don't even start a task because you, you don't know how to execute it properly. Does that make sense? Wow. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I think things... It's like, almost analysis paralysis. Yeah, but like clinically, I've felt like at the beginning, I thought everyone would love me. <laughs> and then I had a few complaints and um, I found that some middle-aged women didn't like me. They didn't like the fact that I was younger than them. And telling them right. off wow. for flossing, not flossing, obviously. And like things like that, I felt like I got a bit like ahead of myself, thinking, right, right, you know, my passion would just come out so much, be like, right, this is how we can make your oral health like this amazing. When actually they just didn't care and I didn't read the room. Yeah. And right. I think, yeah, two of my complaints in my career touch wood, I'm not gonna get any more, which probably will happen, but um, were sort of middle-aged women that just didn't like me. Um, wow. The one hated me as soon as I asked her medical history. So I don't know how I could have won that. You know, when you sit down at the end of a complaint and try and work out where you went wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I just think I could never have pleased her. Um, yeah. But yeah, there was one lady that um, I'm a little bit annoyed with, the fact that I actually asked the dentist that saw her is she everything okay? And he talks about her clinically rather than the fact that she's got huge anxieties. And he didn't tell me that. He just presumed that I knew. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, but it did flag a lot for our practice. So we did start putting pop-ups for those people and, you know, things right, like yeah, that. So right. we, did, we did all learn from it. But yeah. um, 
yeah, that's I one think. of those classic ones, isn't it? That there's so much more going on outside the mouth than Massively. inside the mouth, and isn't it? Yeah. If, if you understand the person, then yeah. everything else yeah, falls yeah, yeah. into place. And I think that's why I've spent a lot of time sort of educating myself on the like psychology of people and how yeah. to manage people and actually putting them myself in their shoes. You know, some mm. people just don't care. They want me to just clean their tea, and yeah. and, and that's that. They you know they, they come to me just to sort of do a reset, and that's what mm. I would say. And are you are you okay with that now? Yeah, massively. I do use that word quite a lot. I'm like, right, okay, so you've had a hard time, so let's just reset. Um, mm. And, you know, like, mm. life's not been that great for me either. And I think sometimes when I've gone through really hard times, like, I don't tell everyone about it. And I think, mm. you know, they, they're not going to tell me about it. Like, COVID's been quite mm. bad for a lot of people. And I think in the fact of you've got to understand that everyone got, everyone's got stuff going on. Mm. yeah we always say to our guys don't we that there's always a backstory so you know just yeah. one you might never know the backstory but be aware that there's always something yeah. going on you know and, and sometimes they'll tell it and which makes you can then understand and sometimes they won't mm. but there's always two sides there's always a backstory mm. about something it, that could be an experience they suffered 15 years before yeah. sometimes people just don't know they don't yeah. know what what it is the thing so they, no. they can't articulate it because they just know that they are a particular way but they've never kind of sat down and dwelled on it and understood no that's true why they are that, no. that particular yeah. way so it's very hard to to deal with those people given given all the things you've been through and what life's thrown at you do you sweat the small stuff the small things bother you or are you quite a big picture um, um person i think do you know what? Only recently, I think now, I don't really. I do ignore more than I used to, definitely. Um, mm. But no, I mean, sometimes maybe not, but, you know, my attention to detail. <laughs> it sounds like work in progress. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? I just do what I, I love. Like, I. Does it depend? Yeah. <laughs> Does it depend what it is, probably? Yeah, I do. It's one know, of those things, I mean, I uh, hang out or socialize as much as some of my friends do because I don't really enjoy doing that all the time like I yeah. what I want to do now I pick who I want to see now I realize mm. a lot more that life is really very short and I just want to do what I love um yeah and you know exhausting clinics if I were I, I mean it's so full-on and I yeah. need to come home and do absolutely nothing and quite often, read a book, veg in front of TV, yeah, or whatever. like, and it's it's one of those things where I've probably got a webinar to produce as well after getting home at seven pm at night, and mm. um, I realise that I have to give myself more downtime, so I'm really picky about mm. what I do. Mm. Mm. It's funny. Quite, I, I was talking to a dentist. It was a, about a year ago, and he said that he spent most of his twenties saying yes to things, yeah. and now he's in his thirties. He tends to say no to most things because he's worked out the things that he wants to do, the things that makes him happy and the things that are important. Yeah. And that kind of sounds a little bit mm. like where perhaps you might be, which is you've got that yeah. that kind of that priority list is quite clear for you. Yeah, it's building those boundaries as well. Mm. There's people that you, you know, before COVID you'd hang out with all the time and then you think, why did I do that? I don't miss that person. Um, mm, yeah. And yeah, I just think you've, you're sometimes you're friends with people because you have been for years, but actually there's things there that are just not right and it's like being in a, in a relationship with a guy that you've been with since school and you're like oh, what's going on here yeah and everyone's grown yeah and we have to grow it's really important and i want that person 
you know, it's mm. grow. So, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. When I when I used to work in a bank, we had this guy who was a brilliant man manager. And I always remember, this is a long, long time ago. And he said, uh, how many friends have you got? And people like put their hands up. And he said, uh, no, he said, uh, you'll only have maybe four to six good friends. Yeah. He said, everyone else is an acquaintance. Mm. He said, and the, the sooner you realise that there's mm. there's some people that you can spend time and share your life and story with, then they're your friends. Everybody else is an acquaintance. And I think it's so tricky because yeah. you can't service that many friends. <laughs> no. You can't be there for them. No. <laughs> they can't be there for you. It's like nuts. But that's only really happened recently. I remember my 30th thinking, how many friends have I got coming to my party? <laughs> And <laughs> right. I crept on with life. I've realised actually it really isn't irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. True. I always think about who could you ring at three o'clock in the morning. That's kind of a, for me. That's like a definition of a friend. It's yeah. like who, if I had to ring somebody at three in the morning, who are the people I could ring? And when you whistle it down, there aren't that many people that yeah. you could ring and say, "I need your help." And they'd go, "I'll pop over." They wouldn't ask yeah. why. They just so jump true. in the car. All I, can, all I can say at three o'clock in the morning, the amount of people that have messaged me to say they've got toothache or tooth problem, someone that I went to school with that I don't even speak to anymore, I'm like, I am not replying. What? To really? <laughs> that is nuts, isn't it? <laughs> she works in dentistry. Yeah. I've got a toothache. <laughs> or people on Instagram and they direct message you and they're pictures of their mouths and you're just like... Hey. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> what's the problem it must be like being a doctor though isn't it really yeah. you know i met one of my friends is a podiatrist so he does feet and he said as soon as you mention it, it's about feet people go got i've got a problem <laughs> he said so i don't mention what i am because <laughs> it's just a nightmare <laughs> i suppose that's the the upside and the downside of social media yeah of being, profile, of being known yeah, it's, true. It's, it's yeah yeah which is uh, you know great in in so many ways but you're always going to get the yeah. the weirdo that crops up as well aren't you that must be quite hard as well really trying to work out people who really want to be friendly with you because of you rather than because of what you are yeah. i always think that must be quite tricky for for people that are known in the circle they're known in yeah who wants to actually be your friend as opposed to what can it's i get an agenda yeah, yeah. Is it? Oh, deep. For a leg up this is deep, yeah. man. Okay, yeah. come on, look at that. Yeah, it's supposed to be light-hearted. <laughs> it's been uh, honestly, Lottie. It's been, it's been brilliant. It's, I, I think it's really good, and I think what's really nice is you're you're so open and honest about mm. you know where where you've been, kind of the challenges you've had, you know your family situation, and and it's not been easy. Mm. But I think people will take so much in the fact you're you know so open and, and so friendly and you've been so successful and your outlook is is so incredibly positive mm. despite those yeah. those things as well and it's not yeah you know, everybody has their own challenges but i think you being so open about yours will make a lot yeah of people... i said the fact they're not hidden i yeah. think it's quite interesting yeah, i think exactly. it's important for that like sometimes i do hide things and if i've had a bad day but i actually realized that You've got to show the full you. It's so important, mm. and, and actually producing some awareness with that is really important as well. So um, yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes I hide it, cat. but yeah, you, you mm. need to let it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. We always um, wrap up with our guests in the same way. We have two questions that we'd like to ask. Dun, you. Dun, dun. The first question is: If you could be the fly on a wall in a situation, when when would that be, and where would you be, and who would you be with? Oh God. I, um, it's such a, that's such a good, there's so many things that I would do. I mean, look, I don't, it makes me sound like I read the Daily Mail a lot, but 
and I don't, I'm not <laughs> fascinating about the Meghan Markle thing, but that first lunch date with the Queen after that awful interview must have been horrendous. Oh, Ooh, yeah. And I do yeah. love the Queen. Like, she is just amazing. Um, mm. But also, you know, during COVID, the whole, like, Sarah Hurley, you know, like, the chief, like, yeah. there was so much silence there. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. there was, like, so many people let us down. And I'd just love to mm. know what was being said when she saw all this stuff being said about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what, what was actually being Do you remember that webinar? She did things. some webinar or something, didn't she, that, that, like, thousands of people, we all logged on to see what she was going to say, and it really wasn't that interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it was like, and then she put her on to some other, some other bloke or some other woman who was going to tell us about something else. Like, I can just imagine if you're looking at those stats, there's all these numbers, and never, and then suddenly it was like, well, that was really dull. So, so everyone's signing off. It's yeah. quite funny. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what's interesting, your answer there, Lottie, is they're both about people, aren't they? Yeah. They're like, how do people react and how do people behave? Yeah. It's, yeah, that's that's the core of what we're interested mm. in. Isn't it? it is. Yeah. Yeah. So then the follow up to that is if you could meet somebody. Who would you like to sit down and have a glass of wine or a bowl of pasta with, given the opportunity? Do you know, because I lost my dad so early, I can't not say him because, you know, mm. like when you see people, a bit like you, Andy, with your, you know, your son, it's like going to the pub together or, you yeah. know, doing like those family things. And um, yeah, I just think it'd be really nice to see him at this age. Um, mm, right, yeah. And yeah, I mean, that would be, but also second after my dad would be um, David Attenborough, probably. <laughs> oh, He's like right. a 96 year old man that is still producing so much awareness for like a huge topic. And it's really mm. sad because obviously he's not going to last forever. Um, and he's still working so hard for this planet. Mm. And the and yeah. the stuff that he comes up with, I've watched like all of his programs over and over because they're just so full of so much information. And how long would I need to sit at a table with him and just get it all out? It would just be forever. Mm. It'd, be mm. so- It'd be interesting. I wonder who's going to come after. Do you know what I mean? You know, Because yeah. I can't think, when you were saying it, I was thinking, oh, yeah, when he goes... Uh, it, I don't have a sort of someone there that would be like a climate champion. Oh, a climate champion. Mm. It's quite interesting. Well, He's been doing it for 70 plus years, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. But I think what's incredible is whenever he, he says something, whenever he speaks at an event or does a statement, it blows up. Yeah. His content is shared mm. everywhere because he is yeah. absolutely revered as the person yeah, he, you need to listen he's to. He's so respected. Mm. no one ever takes anything that he says the wrong way like he's so respected by so many people is there really anyone out there that is that respected in the media yeah so i can't think of anyone you know there's always some controversial like comments or something but um Mm. i yeah i hope prince charles doesn't pretend to be the next david attenborough because i can't deal with that No, I don't think that would work. I can't but, see Prince Charles in a river, though, or something, you know, no. up to his neck with mud or something. No. But also he's able to articulate things in, in a way that everybody understands mm. it. There's some people who are deeply passionate about things, but they just don't have the the way to present it where every person goes, I get it, I understand what you're saying. He's got a lovely style mm. about him. Yeah, nice. There's that Blake in the 80s or 90s, what was his name? can't remember, Grappling Grape Nuts. can't remember his name, what it was called. Oh, David Bellamy. David Bellamy. Yeah, David Bellamy. He was quite a thing for a while. Yeah, but I don't think... He might be dead, I don't know. Apologies, David, if you listen to this. I need to Google uh, it. And and you are still alive. we have to have a look. Oops. (laughs) 
Lottie, it's been a joy. Oh, it's been an absolute you. joy. Thanks so much um, for asking me. It's absolutely no, no, it's been brilliant. Thank you for thank your you. time. We know you're you're incredibly busy, so we've pulled you away from patience or whatever else you were doing. So we uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dentology, where we discuss the business of dentistry. If you like what you heard, please do subscribe where you found this episode. That would be amazing. And also follow us on Instagram.